Christians are a people of joy and thanksgiving. We should be a celebratory people while avoiding debauchery. God's people, being a people of joy, means that we can enjoy the things of this world while maintaining a focus on our God. Not all things we enjoy have to be fully Christian. Not all things we enjoy have to have a fully Christian flavor to them. We, the Christians, add that flavor into the mix when we enjoy them properly. Mmm, pepperminty. Some of us act as if secular Christmas exists. It doesn't. And that it will pollute our piety. It won't. We want to kick out Santa, all his elves, and maybe the entire Peanuts crew, except for Linus. I'm here to say, hey, why don't we lighten up this Christmas? Welcome to the counting room. I know, I know, all this coming from a guy who spent five minutes last week berating the elf on the shelf. Well, this is the point that I was getting at. This Christmas I look forward to all the warmth and mirth that is available. I'm going to dress my yard in fun Christmas lights and decorations, including a dragon, a Yoda, and I think we have a bunch of snowmen. I'm creating this monstrosity out of the spirit of fun that my daughter can enjoy them. And she does. I'm going to have fun, enjoy time with family, and celebrate Jesus' birth. And remember that his coming saved us from our sins. I will remember this fact with tears of gratitude. Manly tears, mind you. I'm going to cozy up with one of my favorite Christmas stories, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I'll probably have more about that in another future post. For those who struggle with the worldliness of Christmas, I'd like to tell you that there is an option. My daughter has not asked us about Santa, and he's not much of a subject in our house. This isn't because Santa is evil. It's because my daughter is still experiencing things, first things, of Christmas. She doesn't have very many memories of Christmas yet. I grew up without Santa, and I'm okay. My wife had Santa. She's okay. If my wife and daughter want Santa, I'll play along. It's a game. If my daughter wants to pretend her dolls can talk, I'll pretend with her. I'm also going to give the reality. One of my wife's friends tells her kids that Santa is just for fun. There's wisdom in this. You're not telling your child that they can't participate but they should know the truth. This is an easy victory on the battleground of parenting. Yes, sure, we can play the game, as long as we remember that the reason we're enjoying the thing is because of Jesus. Which is true, because Santa Claus was formed out of the tradition of St. Nicholas, so it is a Christian tradition. We can play these games with our children, but as in all things, 
we should point their eyes back to Jesus, who is the giver of all good things. A little bit of fun, some imagination, and joy and magic can be delightful ways of experiencing the world around us. This is especially true for children. As parents, we can also take joy in the magic of imagination and use it to point to how wonderful God is, that he gave us the tool of imagination that seems boundless. The miraculous things that we imagine only mirror how miraculous our God is. That is not to say that God is magical. He is only magical in the sense that gravity, physics, biology, the sun rising, and the sun setting are magical. Even as adults, we indulge in participation in that which is not real. I have often traveled with Ransom out of the silent planet. I often climbed into the wardrobe to find Aslan, and I have often received gifts from Gladriel. I have wielded my lightsaber against the Sith, and I fight against Agent Smith inside the Matrix. Because my foothold for reality and imagination was rooted in Jesus, all these fantastic adventures pointed me back to the King of Kings. We can do the same with Santa Claus. I'd like to share with you how this can work. And please remember that I'm not coming at this from a deeply well-thought-out doctrine. I can only speak as a fellow believer of Christ. Your child wants to do Santa. Instead of having cold sweats and wringing your hands, you can be strong and of good courage. I would say, okay, with the understanding that it's imaginary and fun. Then, you could ask your child why Santa gives gifts for Christmas. Do they think Santa knows Jesus? We could talk about the gift that we were given by Jesus coming to save us from our sins. You could even have a conversation about Santa's robe being red and how we are covered in the righteousness of Jesus. In all of this, we should consider that these are only pictures reflecting the reality of Jesus and his amazing love. We live in a world of symbolism and pictures, and oftentimes we weave the symbols into the imaginary unintentionally. These symbols point us back to the truth of Jesus. A good story points us to a deeper truth, and the ultimate deep truth is our triune God. If we use a little wisdom and discernment, we can utilize a little of that magic of imagination to give our children a greater appreciation for the wonderful world God has given us. They will have the freedom to enjoy many things, and they will know why they have that freedom. It is easy to say no to Santa. It is much more difficult to find a use for him. We can forever hack away at anything the world brings to the table. But I find this position too isolationist. It may be more productive to give Santa, Rudolph, Frosty, a nod of acknowledgement, and then gently point the world's attention to the king of all things, even our imaginations. As a final qualifier, I want to restate that this opinion may be too weak, too worldly, too much giving in, and bowed down to secularism. I am only a believer speaking freely, and I hope there's some value here. I don't like secularism. 
I think it holds no meaning or value, and I'm opposed to the concept because it bears no fruit. We can enjoy the holiday responsibly, but at the same time, we could lighten up a little and allow the world to see that those Christians have something that we're missing out on. It is there. We just have to make it visible, and it's hardly visible when we're knocking down Santa. The wicked are the ones who wage war on joy, not us. Take that to heart. Now let's get to our new segment, the weekly book review. The Reluctant Prophet by Yuri Brito and Rich Lusk. The Reluctant Prophet is part of the Through New Eyes series inspired by theologian James Jordan in his book Through New Eyes. In The Reluctant Prophet, authors Yuri Brito and Rich Lusk teach us to experience the book of Jonah in new ways, with new eyes. This book was written in an enjoyable and easy to understand manner that helps the reader to wrestle with some difficult concepts that we often miss in the book of Jonah. I thought I knew the story of Jonah until my church held a Sunday school class on this book. When you engage with this book, I recommend that you do it with a Bible at the ready and be prepared for your eyes to be opened again and again. The reluctant prophet doesn't merely talk to you about the text of the book of Jonah, but it brings you into the book of Jonah so that you can see it in its own context and what it means for the Christian church today. I found it enjoyable to read, practical in application, and hard to put down. The story of Jonah is an engaging story by its own merit. Now, with this helpful tool, we can know it better and consider it when we engage with our culture. When I finished this book, I was left with a feeling of great satisfaction and at the same time, a hunger for more works by these two magnificent authors. I'm Joel Edgar. Thanks for joining. God bless.